This is your favorite broadcast. When we still died of old age. Hashtag WWSDOOA. It is April 3rd, 21, at 6 a.m. We are imagining ascending through to uh, at least 100 years up. It is now 2,121 when you are listening to this and you're listening to someone still talking from a society where people die of age-related disease. You can consider this first episode an introduction as well as an invitation to experts in the fields that are advancing our society towards one with more quality of life. How to become medically immortal. How to redistribute our wealth. Enforce peace. Automate our whole distribution logistics uh, process and food. Um, to a fully automated system uh, with universal basic income as a result. How to get this society multiplanetary? Intelligence and skills. How do we build skills? Uh, how does intelligence and the difference thereof actually lead to a better society? Inequality. Our roots, our socioeconomic roots, our families lead to a certain inequality where some are pushed to uh, be an entrepreneur and um, start to un yeah, undertake things in society where someone else is rather oppressed or considered uh, to be a wage slave. And last but not least, access to information. No fake news, uh, media that you can trust, not to just put you asleep with a good feeling, but also actually uh, leads to uh, you understanding and not wasting your time um, looking, reading or listening. Okay, okay, you've survived already two minutes uh, into this episode. The previous stated uh, subjects, topics, are ones leading to quality of life where society will no longer be encountering or, or, or battling many elements that have a negative effect on the quality of life for as many people as possible. And that's what we do it for. That's what this is about. Now, what do I actually mean with this medical immortality thing? Where are we compared to the past? And where are we going if projections are right? This first episode I'd like to dedicate to Aubrey de Grey and Sense Research Foundation. Already since the 90s, definitely in the beginning of this millennium, um, Aubrey de Grey started actually with combining the two already existing um, fields of science, gerontology and geriatrics, which both are actually trying to um, mitigate the reactions uh, of uh, aging, of old age, uh, by combining those two, Sense Research Foundation actually found solutions that uh, could help our cells, um, which is by re rejuvenation, the solution to many, many problems of, uh, of aging. Sense Research Foundation, um, this is quoted from their website, works to develop, promote, and ensure widespread access to therapies that cure and prevent the diseases and disabilities of aging by compre comprehensively repairing the damage that builds up in our bodies over time. We accumulate damage. We get older, our DNA 
has been working. Just like a vehicle, just like an airplane, we need maintenance. These cells of us um, mutate, they split, they, they multiply, uh, and this dupl duplication process over time um, is um, prone to have some defects. These defects are being worked out in the last decades, and I'm really sure uh, that thanks to the exponential growth of a lot of knowledge, skills, and engineering, we're not that far of uh, being completely medically immortal. Aside from one thing, another thing that just as us evolves and mutates, and in our current society seems to be very, very clear, and that is viral infections. I think if we solve viral infections on top of um, what Sense Research Foundation is working on, we will have a 99% chance of having our full society medically immortal. For people actually listening in 100 years, this is during this Corona uh, SARS to pandemic, uh, where we sadly uh, see the problem of viral infections um, and our growth in um, any form of radiation on this planet, mostly electromagnetic, as uh, an increase of evolution of uh, these filthy little uh, viruses. People more vulnerable in society are more prone to catch these diseases and preventing that you do by vaccination of people. Hosts of viruses transmit viruses. So the elimination of hosts that are potentially able to carry it and, and, and cultivate viruses is a effort for the world. And in the future with the permafrost melting, we can expect a lot more viruses also from a long time ago. A vaccinated society means no more pandemics. I assume that uh, being exposed to many bacteria and increasing your immune system by healthy food, healthy lifestyle and movement, um, and definitely looking up and using that access to information will uh, come back to in another episode um, that is also very important that other problem that leads to more vulnerability is the defects in our DNA leading to cells not doing what they are actually by nature demanded or asked or programmed to naturally do this is what Sense Foundation and Aubrey de Grey and his team are uh, working on a very very hard. There are seven types uh, of cell problems, cell defects, cell damages that uh, lead to us not having the same vitality as around 23, 25, 30 years old. That is, as we get older than 30, 25 years old. These seven damage types to the cells are the loss of cells, atrophy of cells, which means replace the cells that are dying off, division-obsessed cells that need reinforcement so that they don't split up all the time, death-resistant cells that need to be removed. This is cancer. This means flush it out of our system. Uh, these cells are not needed nor functional for the others and still uh, are inexistent. This one is uh, highly um, paid and uh, worked on already. 
Then we have the mitochondrial mutations, which need reinforcement so that we have the right proteins and the right materials to keep that DNA in tip-top shape. And then we have two types of junk um, within the cell and with yeah, in between the cells, there can be junk left over uh, throughout time as we get older, uh, which needs to be removed and can be seen as a indication for a later cancer anyway. Um, and then you have extracellular matrix stiffening, um, which is, for example, Alzheimer's, which needs uh, repairing so that we, we keep a flexible uh, organism to work with. These are the seven types. Uh, of cell problems that need to be tackled to put out of a job any gerontologist and any gerontologists uh, in the world. Uh, and isn't that uh, the kind of scientist that we really like, just like a CEO in a corporate business, um, the scientists that try to put themselves out of a job um, should be um, much, much more the case where Aubrey de Grey is a clear example of. During his valuable and precious time, let's ask Aubrey de Grey a few questions and see what his answers are. When we still died of old age, hashtag WWSDOOA. Professor DeGray, it's an honor. My first question to you is, if you'd have to see the completion of medical immortality as a game leveling bar, how far would you consider the progress in percentage? What still needs to be done uh, to expedite uh, this progress? What you've called the completion of medical immortality, and what I would call the methusalarity, um, in a percentage term. Of course, we can only define that question if we define the starting point. But that's actually quite easy, because the starting point is really where we were 100 years ago. Or actually, to be honest, even 50 or 60 years ago. At that point, we had pretty much no understanding of ageing. We had one theory that was actually mechanistic. It was called the free radical theory of aging. And that emerged step by step over the first half of the 20th century. But it was just one little piece. If we start from there, I would say that actually we are 80% of the way to getting to the methuselarity, the point where we have aging under, for practical purposes, complete control in terms of medicine. And the great news is that we were already maybe 70% of the way there 20 years ago when I first proposed the idea that we should be adopting a damage repair approach to combating aging with medicine. Now, from 70% to 80% is only one third of the way, but we're speeding up. We're really speeding up. And that's why I think we have a good chance of completing the remaining 20% within the next 15 years. My second question to you is, 
how big would you today consider the public's interest and desire to become much, much older? I want to start by redefining the question, because it's really the wrong question. If we ask that question, then the public's interest and desire is actually really limited, very, very low. But that's because they don't interpret questions of that nature appropriately. They don't understand that the way in which we might become much older is by remaining healthy and youthful. I mean, truly youthful, both mentally and physically, in terms of how we feel, how we function, you know, everything, how we look, um, and having greater longevity purely as a side effect of that youthfulness. Once the public understand that, any single person who understands that, they get it. You know, they understand that, yes, that would be a great thing. Of course, then there are still some hesitations. There are issues around, you know, oh dear, why would, how would the world be if everybody were living a lot longer and hardly anybody was dying? And those are perfectly reasonable things to ask. But for sure, the public's interest and desire is far higher once they realise that we are talking about extending the youthful part of life, not extending the frail elderly part of life. My third and final question then, before I leave you to a work-life balance, a Saturday free of uh, hassle, and what, in my opinion, is what humanity for thousands of years is trying to achieve. And finally, thanks to works like yours, uh, we are finally and almost getting there. What can people do to help expedite this mission of humanity uh, to become medically immortal? What can people do to help to expedite this mission, to speed up the longevity crusade? And that's very, very easy to answer. There is no one answer, of course, because different people have different skills. But at the end of the day, the answer is very simple. It's a crusade. And that means you need simply to ask yourself, where can you make the most difference? Different people have different skills. Some people are wealthy and they can contribute financially. Some people are scientifically skilled and they can contribute in the laboratory. Some people are politically skilled and they can contribute in terms of lobbying, for example. Everybody can do advocacy at some level. They can talk. You can talk to your friends, your family, your colleagues. You can get them to understand what this is really about. For example, to understand that it's about extending useful life, not frail life. You know, these are really easy things to communicate, and they're not being communicated enough. So, absolutely everybody can do something. Thank you very much. When we still died of old age, hashtag WWSDOOA. It is definitely me who should thank you, uh, Dr. DeGray, for your contribution to this podcast. In the next episode, we will discuss wealth redistribution. We also have topics like peace enforcement, universal basic income, the distribution of food, the cultivation of it, inequality, um, our intelligence and our skills, 
access to information, human improvement, spirituality and multiplanetary colonization as topics for next episode. So stay tuned for those and many others that you can still expect here on When We Still Died of Old Age. Feel free to follow, subscribe and um, let me know what you think about this show and any episode of it. You can also donate and support this show, which will directly go to further broaden and further um, transmit the messages uh, about transhumanism, quality of life, and the metallusin. Metallusin? The Methuselarity. The Methuselarity. The Methuselarity.